why not use music for people who live with dementia? Doing it with my mum, I'll play her something to try and keep her calmer if she's in a quite an agitated state. It's kind of something we should maybe all use as a tool, especially with people who live with dementia. It just has an extra special meaning. Hi, I'm Bobby, a certified caregiving consultant and educator and frequent presenters at caregiver conferences and webinars, where I help caregivers learn to respond to dementia behaviors in ways that reduce the stress for the caregiver and their caree. And I'm her husband, Mike, and I'm a certified caregiver advocate and certified music therapist. And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. Here we focus on the caregiver, offer our practical insights, and share some emotional support. And we might even share a laugh or two, because we all know laughter is the best medicine. And don't forget my wine, Mike. I won't forget your grape juice. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. We have mentioned many times before on the show how music played a part with my dad and, and caring for my dad and how he responded really well to music. And we also watched and learned a lot from the, um, from the film Alive Inside. Correct. Where we learned about how people with dementia can need less medications. Um, those who aren't talking begin to sing and share stories from their lifetime. Um, so yes, music is extremely important. And as a side note, that's where I got my music therapy certification from, is from the Alive Inside folks. This brings us to today's guest, coming to us from the United Kingdom. She is an orchestral flautist, mother of three-year-old twins, and carer for her mother who was diagnosed with vascular dementia three years ago. She set up a sing-along at a local UK care home in 2019, which was stopped in March 2020 due to COVID. Since the shutdown, she has been been recording songs with lyrics and putting them up on YouTube to help carers, care homes, and families deal with dementia. Her YouTube recordings have nearly 200,000 views. Please welcome to the show, Claire Childs. Claire, thank you for being with us today. Hi, Claire. Thank you for inviting me on. Hi, nice to meet you both. We sat and, and we watched some of your YouTube videos and were absolutely enchanted by those two little girls who were talking about Feed the Bird or singing about Feed the Birds. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that we've, yeah, the, there are many different videos on there, but um, a few close friends of ours, uh, that's actually my husband's, one of his best friends, and that's their daughters, and uh, they donated the video for me to share with the care homes. Um, and yeah, it was such a sweet one. <laughs> well, we know that people in, in nursing homes, let alone care homes, react to children very, very well. Uh, I know Mike's dad would um, absolutely sit up and take notice if, if, a, if a child came into the room. So I think that would probably be one of the more popular uh, videos that you have. Definitely. I mean, when I first started the sing-along in a local care home, which was live before COVID, um, I, my twins were one, one and a half. Um, so I'd need help to bring them to the care home. So um, a friend of mine brought the twins and they'd sit at the front with a few toys and a few kind of tambourines and percussion instruments. And then as uh, it, it just engaged the people so much to have the children there, much more so than me trying to do music, the children were just the stars of the show. And because that was working so well, I, I invited some of my friend's children to come as well. So it ended up being a bit of an intergenerational music class, which was, it worked really well because um, 
the middle part of the sing-along would be children's nursery rhymes. And actually for a lot of people living with dementia, those songs are just completely still there. They can remember every lyric. And I have to tell you, I sometimes uh, have panic attacks. And one way that I deal with it is to sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were, I thought oh, you man. were humming the ABC song. Um, so you've you use music to communicate with your mom I think I read that it's it helps you communicate with her how 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 is that so in I would say over the last year or so um my mom's her vocabulary has got a lot worse the words seem to drop out of her mind so I know what she's trying to say sometimes and sometimes I have no idea it will be just completely random words that she'll pick into the sentence so it's really hard to have conversations you can't have those conversations you'd like to you can't ask her necessarily what she's had for dinner or what she's done that day or how she's feeling because she she finds questions really um, stressful I think Um, And when she's trying to communicate, she'll say a sentence that's just pulled out five words from nowhere and put them together. And I just have to try and piece together what she might mean. Or if I don't understand, just to smile and make her feel comfortable and agree and talk about something linked to what one of the words she said. So with music, it's just amazing because however much she struggles to get a sentence out, if I put a Beatles song on, she'll sing every word and not missing any out, not jumbling them, like every word. And it's all still there. And it's just, um, it just sparks something in her that gives her a a way to communicate because she's happy when she's sung every word, she's happy. Now, I've heard that people who stutter and have problems getting words out, if they sing the words, they were able to do that because it's a different part of the brain. I have to wonder if we sang our questions and had them sing back, if that might work. That's a very good point. I'd never thought of that. Um, It's definitely a different part of the brain because it just taps into a memory where it seems to be intact. Um, You know, any kind of song, a hymn or um, a nursery rhyme, which obviously with my twins being quite young, we'll sing a lot of, and she knows all those words. Um, And I can imagine for confidence with something like a stutter as a flute player, it's air just having the air to help you kind of guide your way through. I think it's very easy to not breathe if you feel anxious and therefore the communication could be affected. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another thing that we we watched on the uh, YouTube video, you had this wonderful um, video of a uh, orchestra where each person was in their own home playing their instruments, which I have to imagine would appeal to uh, people with dementia and their and their caregivers of someone who has played an instrument, or you know just the impressive way that they all came together. Yeah. So since March twenty twenty, um, as a, a professional flute player, I I've been asked to do. Um, recordings like that and the orchestras have stopped the shows have stopped and uh, people want to engage with the audiences who are still there and it's just a way of um, of the musicians still performing together despite being stuck at home and stuck in a lockdown so um, yeah that is very clever editing for people who do that 
I've got a lot of respect for because they have to time however many videos it is. It could be 20, it could be 50. Um, some people play along with a track, so it will be unified. Um, but my the idea of my videos is that, um, especially the Friday project I have called Friday Friends from the Heart, is that it's a variety. So instead of just me singing and doing different songs, which can be, well, different genres, uh, just to have a different loads of different instruments, you know, whether it's an ensemble, a choir, an orchestra, um, like a band, I think one of the ones you saw, um, or whether it's a solo artist or the two children that you watched, you know, just anything that just gives somebody a, a different performance. Well, you know, it's interesting because when we watched that with the uh, orchestra, I was absolutely stunned and amazed, although you cleared up a little bit of the mind blown there. Uh, because I'm, I'm a drummer and I play in a band. And when the COVID hit, we tried to do rehearsals with everybody playing at the same time. Uh, and um, yeah, nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a big nothing burger. And uh, so I was yeah. absolutely stunned. But you said that that was everybody playing and then somebody put it together, which was. Yeah. So everybody records yeah. each individual. Yeah, track. that wouldn't have, that wasn't what we were going for we were looking to rehearse our, ourselves together yeah. but I was absolutely fascinated and mesmerized by that uh and uh that it, it was still it's still pretty cool that somebody actually was able to edit that and put that together yeah. that was still fascinating we want to mention that there's all different types of music on here different genres everything from classical to pop to crooners to the Beatles uh, something for everybody yeah I think that's important um everybody has their own taste don't they and and different things can spark memories that you wouldn't have expected um so you could play some music to I mean I've played music to my mom where she'll say oh that's awful or something and I'm like okay so that's not a good one we'll move on to another song but it, it still evokes a reaction whether negative or positive and then so I'll try a different song um so there are a kind of handful of songs I use for with, with her and we sing along to and she joins in um and then when I was doing the sing-alongs live I'd do a theme a week so it might be the weather and then you could have comes the sun somewhere over the rainbow and within that weather theme hopefully there'd be a song in there that everybody would like you know, my, my dad uh, grew up in Italy. He was born and raised in Italy. And so opera was very uh, important and, and somewhat emotional for him. Uh, but I bought some DVDs of Andrea Bocelli. And he just would sit there and he would just be totally in the moment. And then he would, after a song, he would stop and he would start talking. And we would pause the video uh, and, and he would start talking about growing up or wh what he learned about this area when he was in school or learned about that area in history. And he would take us on this trip. So an 88-minute DVD sometimes would last three hours because he would take us down memory lane, and it was absolutely fascinating. That's such an amazing tool. I, he I heard you mention that one of the episodes and I was, yeah, I was so pleased that you'd found something like that because I think finding a, a source like that, whether it's an opera DVD or an album that they might have heard in the past um, or a ballet, whatever it is, something that might spark those memories, that that's 
that's the best you can get and that's how amazing music is and in those moments where it feels so tough and so challenging to sit there and have someone watch an opera that takes them right back to a long time ago and be able to give you information about it when they're suffering so much I think is incredible. I've already told Bobby that if I ever get to that point um, just put on any Beatles CD because the Beatles are my life. I'm a Beatles aholic. Yeah. <laughs> and being married to you can join in with my being mom. being married to a drummer, they drum on everything, and it, you know it's it's pretty amazing. You know, even if a commercial comes on, and you know there's there's music associated with it, his hand starts tapping tapping immediately. So um, yeah, I know that should he develop dementia, that music will be a very important part of our communicating to one another. And years ago, long before we ever entered this world, when his grandmother was in a nursing home, every time we would go in there, there would be songs playing from the 30s and 40s and, you know, of that generation. And I remember on a dr on drive home, I said, you realize by the time I get there, they're going to be playing the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Led Zeppelin. <laughs> because it's it's the music of our generation that I actually saw something on on Facebook the other day where it said, you know, when we were um, fifteen to twenty, <laughs> yeah. we go, oh, the radio's playing my my jam, <laughs> and then from twenty five to um, forty, it was yeah. Oh, I forget what that part was, but now it, when in my fifties, it's oh. The doctor's office is playing my jam, <laughs> but I forget what the middle one was. But yeah, it's it's amazing the cycle of, of music. I think you have music through your whole lifetime anyway. You have songs you sing as a child. You have songs you sing at school, and it and and you have songs that remind you of an occasion, whether it's a wedding or a holiday, and you have that through your whole life. And I think why not use music for people who live with dementia? We everyone should. It should just be something that because it can just calm you down if you feel stressed the same as it would for like doing it with my mom. I'll play her something to try and keep her calmer if she's in a quite an agitated state. But I can do that, too. I can come home and feel stressed and listen to some music and feel a little bit calmer. So it's it's kind of something we should maybe all use as a tool when we when we want to. And and then especially with people who live with dementia, it just has an extra special meaning. When we watched the video from Alive Inside, there was there was a woman who um, probably in the same age group as I am, and they started playing music from the 60s and the 70s, and she, she actually started dancing. And one of the um, fellows that was actually filming this said, I thought you were going to fly. And she said, I, I was trying. I was uh. trying. <laughs> And she had the biggest smile on her face. But we saw that effect even on a woman who was bedridden and had not communicated to anybody. You wouldn't even know that she was aware they were in the room. But when they played the music, she started moving her body. Yeah. To the. It's amazing. It really is. I, there's a few people who follow my sing-along and... Um, Graham and Anne are a couple and he's a very loving husband of his wife Anne who's in a care home and he sent me videos of her responding to music and it's incredible how and 
you know, just how much it can give her a spark of life when you think that she's incredibly unwell and, you know, it's just she'll sing and get some joy in that moment. And that's what it's all about. It's got to bring you a tremendous amount of joy, too, knowing that you are having that effect and and doing something for not only the person with dementia, but the person's loved one also. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's it's a way of me coping with everything as well. Like um, my mom always taught me to look after people. And so we we look after her because we wouldn't do anything else. We would always care for her and love her. And um, for all the music I'm doing and the fact is helping other people is a way of me managing how we go through this journey of dealing with my mum and how she's changing as she gets progressively worse, unfortunately, with her dementia diagnosis. And um, yeah, if it helps her, then that's amazing because we have occasional moments where I feel like um, she's lifted out of the pain she's in sometimes and just has those few glimmers here and there where she's happy or calmer and and so I know that it's working and then if it can help other people and I can I can do that it's helped me deal with it as well I think well it, it, it's almost your your YouTube videos are a gift from COVID that took so much from so many the fact that you decided to put this on YouTube means it's available to people anywhere and everywhere yeah definitely spread a lot further and a lot wider <laughs> than I imagined uh, the, the the first video um took me three and a half days to do because I cannot edit videos I can now but I couldn't at the time I spent three and a half days trying to put lyrics and time how you put lyrics to music um and the next one I did took a day and a half and then after that half a day and then it got a little bit more efficient but I did it for the care home that I'd left because we were meant to have a sing-along the next week and I obviously you had to cancel it and I said, oh, well, you know, hopefully see you in three weeks or a month because we didn't know what our lockdown was going to be or the massive impact COVID would have. Um, so originally it was for that. And because I have a Facebook group for the people who used to come to that community sing-along, um, it, it went online. And yeah, it's, this is all down to COVID, really, that um, I, I recorded a video in the first place because before it was just a live um, small community sing-along in a in a small town in the UK it wasn't it wasn't a big thing but um, it's grown and I like the fact that um, it is it has spread far and wide and it can help people because I think COVID's isolating but dementia is so isolating and then you put the two together people who've had a really really tough 80 months um, even despite it being hard before just even harder than you can imagine and you just wouldn't have ever thought it would have got to this so if I can help more people then that is that's a win. Well, I'm a firm believer that uh, service to others is the rent we pay for being here. And you're certainly paying the rent. <laughs> <laughs> and it's absolutely amazing and delightful. We sat uh, probably close to an hour just checking out the oh. different ones. And what we came across was um, your advent calendar. So yeah. t talk to us about the advent calendar, how that thought came about, how you were able to do, you know, put that together, what um, steps you went to, not necessarily to um, do the video, but decide what music to put in those Advent videos. So um, as I recorded more and more videos over the summer and um, uh, before the summer, my mom was living at home with my dad. And in July, we had to make a heartbreaking decision to move her into care. So that happened in July. So 
I knew that the Christmas was going to be a tough one for us. Not only did my mum turn 70 three days before Christmas, but she was also, it's her first Christmas in the home. And we were, it, it, we should have been able to see her, but we knew it was going to be quite a difficult run up to Christmas. And in the end, we couldn't see her because of the UK restrictions meant that in lock over Christmas, there was a complete lockdown. You couldn't see anybody. So we knew that that month was going to be quite a tricky one anyway, which it, which we were right. Um, and so I wanted to and I knew that for other families who have people that they're caring for or the carers in the care homes that who didn't have the normal volunteers coming in and the spirit of Christmas, because, you know, a lot of people would donate presents and all these things that they couldn't have. So I was trying to think of something to do to help people in the build up to Christmas. So I came up with a musical advent calendar. And I bounced the idea off my friends and they thought it was a bit crazy because that's 24 videos and how would I do that in 24 days? Um, so it got to kind of October, November and I thought, no, I'm gonna go for it. So um, as a musician, I've got some amazing colleagues who said they were happy to record a video. Um, some of which were absolutely hilarious and just, just made me laugh a lot. Um, others, which were just beautiful music to listen to um, and, all together there was some children singing in there and all together I managed to get hold of 24 videos so I did the first one my husband plays saxophone so he did one and I got friends and family and and people I didn't know as well incredibly kind like donating their Christmas video so I edited them every day and then they were ready for the first of December and then our national news got hold of it so it went um, onto our national news that night on the 1st of December and they uh, came and filmed me at home recording the song and then went to Mam's care home and filmed her watching it so they could see the kind of link between what I was trying to do and how it was kind of being um, oh wow well the effect of it I guess um, so yeah that that was December and it was a very busy month but it kind of shot by in many ways and it got a lot of feedback it got a lot of publicity and a lot of people enjoyed it whether they were living with dementia or carers or care homes or just people just enjoying it because ultimately we were all still in a lockdown after a tough 2020 and um, just helping have something different every day. So yeah, there was strings and bands and organ and saxophone, people singing, piano, all sorts. And it's out there. So people can go back <laughs> next year or this coming Christmas and, and, and I wonder if you've thought about doing it for any other holidays. <laughs> I mean, truly not a month's worth, but I did. I tried to do um, a particular holiday. Uh, so during that time, that's when my videos reached 100,000 views. So I felt like the musical advent calendar had done that milestone, which I was kind of blown away at. So when I got to 150, I did um, a request week where anybody who uh, watches my sing-alongs or has someone that they benefit would send a request in a message to their loved one or um, the favorite song of the person they're caring for and then I recorded one every day so I did that for a week and put those out there um, when the, the finale of it was very kindly my my mum's friends who do he wanted to say a message to my mum because they hadn't seen her for so long and uh, wanted her favorite song sung which is a, a Geordie folk song Geordie meaning from the northeast of England where my parents are from and uh, I wrote my dad in we had our football shirts on and um, yeah it was a good finale <laughs> That's that's awesome. And and probably doing the advent calendar took a lot of the sting out of not being able to be there with your mother. Um, uh, that probably helped. Definitely. It was just it gave me a focus. It made a lot of people. They quite enjoyed it. So it made people happy. And 
we had it was a really painful time for the first Christmas ever that <laughs> sorry we couldn't see her right well I know that Advent is is an exciting time for our granddaughters who love opening up the Advent yeah. <laughs> calendar and finding a little prize inside and, and this was a way of uh, of doing that, I, I imagine your twins enjoyed it as well. They did. They watched. They watched them. So every day, one would come out, would put it on while they had their breakfast, and they would watch it. And um, they were another source of, uh, of, I guess, for us, just the positivity. And they definitely helped us through Christmas. Um, you know, with their own little excitement. And um, there now we can see my mum again. They're an amazing, just spark to my mum. She she doesn't recognise them, but when she sees them she melts and it's just it's really lovely to see that's that's awesome you said that the care facility is now open that you can go visit yeah so in in march um it was open to one visitor with the uk guidelines and by april we were at two visitors and now it's five so um you have to have um uh covid tests before you can go in but you are allowed in now so it's a it's a big change for us so do you have any plans on restarting the um sing-alongs at the facility um as yet we haven't had any guidance so the uk is still in a lockdown and it's been extended for another month because rates are going up again so the guidelines at the moment are for visiting only for friends and family so i'm i'm hoping by the summer definitely by the autumn if the the kind of live sing-alongs will be able to open up again and and get back in there safely and i hope you will continue to the youtubes because they're you know they're they help so many more but absolutely the in-person is is special and everybody wants that um but i hope the youtubes continue as well yes no i would i'd like to keep everything going if if you know if it helps people and it reaches out to people and it it just makes their one minute of their day feel a little bit better than it's worth it and um you know it can even do lives if i'm doing a performance record it so people can feel like they're there and part of it and that kind of thing yeah that's that's amazing well claire it's been an absolute joy not only watching your videos but also talking to you in person um i I just think you're such a good heart that uh, I'm so glad you agreed to join us on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me and for being so welcome and what, for what you're doing on your podcast. You know, you're helping a huge amount of people and it's it's so needed. And um, yeah, all credit to you both. And we will be putting links back to the YouTube and information about you and the music on our website when the um, episode airs. Great. Yeah, it's basically Sing from the Heart, and it, and it's all based from the UK, from a small town called Harpenden in Hertfordshire, and that's it's getting nice and far and wide. But the main um, ways to follow it are Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And the Facebook is the most popular because there's a lot of carer support groups, um, so it kind of reaches out to lots of people through that. Um, but I find YouTube the easiest to use as a tool with somebody because you can just play one video to the next, and it's a bit more continuous. Um, so hopefully they're nice and accessible. Well, I'm going to be sharing it with my caregiver support group that I lead here um, when we meet next week. Brilliant. Thank you. And once again, thank you for being with us. Wow. What, what, a, what a good heart. I mean, to, to, 
to take something from going to a facility and then sitting back and saying, how can I do this? And working at making the videos and going through all the trials and tribulations of figuring out how to add the lyrics on so people could sing along. That's, wow, that's just... Absolutely. And God bless her. The more we can encourage people to engage music when they're caring for somebody living with dementia, the, the better off both they and their entire families are going to be. So again, we are, we are very grateful to Claire. You can find more information about Claire on our show website at rogerthat.show. This has been Roger That. I'm Bobby. And I'm Mike. And we are dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. So please subscribe to the show. Go to iTunes or the Roger That Facebook page and post a review. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question or issue you'd like for us to address, please post on the Roger That Facebook page. If you would like your identity to remain private, you can direct message your question on Facebook and we will answer. To find out more about us, head over to rogerthat.show. That's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that, dot show. Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast raising the bar on craft cocktails. Here you meet interesting folks, enjoy boozy banter, and learn how to make craft cocktails from a master. And if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights from dramas to comedies and all those in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows as your review helps our show reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company.